the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along as the sun sets. What is, what is the day today? I believe it's the 19th. So... The 20, is tomorrow the longest day of the year, or the shortest day of the year, or it's, is I it Friday? I feel like it's Friday. So here we are. Yeah. Look, this is great, because look, the sun... Listen, all I'm saying is we've almost made it. Yeah. We are headed towards the light, I leaning into it. I feel really good about that. I do, too. Really? I feel like, okay, so from now on, it's just going to pick up. Every day, we get a little more light, so... Exactly. I feel really good about it. Exactly. All right, so let me ask you this, John. Yeah. We know that Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, yeah. And so, my question revolves around holiday tipping. hmm I was reading an article on nerdwallet.com today, which is kind of a fun website if you've ever been there. <laughs> i got to be honest, I, I have no idea what it is. It's all right. Um, I'll send you a link. Thank you. Nerdwallet. On Nerdwallet, the question comes up, who do you tip and who do you skip? Who do you tip and who do you skip? For Christmas. So I ask you, are yeah. there people that you specifically would you know, give a spiff to or that you give a spiff regularly to each Christmas? I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm a, a good tipper at restaurants, but there are not people in my life that I regularly tip. You know, in the old days when I had a paper boy, we always tip the paper boy. Right. Now, you know, I, I just get the Sunday paper. And so I have no interaction with my paper boy. It's not even a paper boy. It's a paper couple. But they, paper couple. Yeah. But they've sent me a card, like a Christmas card, with, um, with their address on it with the hope that I would tip them. Now, to be honest, in the years past, I have not. But this year, I thought, I need to tip these guys. Because mm. my paper arrives every Sunday. It's double bagged. It's always dry. So I'm, I'm going to tip them this year. But that's... It, and I, I don't think I'm a cheap person, but I, I, who, who else do you, who else am I tipping? Well, I don't know who you're tipping. I'm I mean, not. I know who I'm tipping. Well, then you tell, so generally, no, I'm not so tipping I, anybody so else. So I tip the woman who cleans my house. Oh, I don't have a house cleaner. That'd yeah. be, that'd be me. Okay. So I would, so I, I, I tip her. Okay. That's good. Um, I tip the wonderful, they're both wonderful. Both of these people, Kathy, who cleans my house. Yeah. It's wonderful. Amy, who cuts my hair. Oh, yeah, okay. So I, I always tip that. I don't tip my barber. Enrico. Do you ever tip? You don't, do you never I, every, tip Enrico when no, you No, every time I see him, I tip him. But not specifically. But here's the weird thing. I was thinking about this because it, it's Enrico's shop. Right, you're not supposed to tip the owner. I tip him because I love him. Right. It's, you know, it's a good haircut. I'm in and out the door. Right. You know, I and I don't see, I don't have that much hair, so I don't see him that often anyway. Okay. Just well, roll listen, it around there. According to Nerd Wallet. Yeah. Only about half of Americans give any holiday tips. Now, this is a recent Consumer Reports survey half. that's cited by NerdWallet. Okay. And those who do tip often give less than the amounts recommended by etiquette experts. Oh. That's what maybe New Mike could do. Like, after after this show is over, like, mm-hmm. after, you know, in the next 30, 35 years. Yeah. I mean, you want to think about being an etiquette expert, New Mike? 
I could do that. Okay. I don't think you could. I, I don't think you could. I think and you nothing could. against you personally, but I believe as a millennial, you may be oh, lacking. Here we go. You may be lacking the etiquette, sort of social construct mm-hmm. that is necessary to advise others. Listen, I'm just saying. I'm not like all millennials. No, you're not. That's true. I'll give you that. I like mayonnaise. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, they don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> Those millennials. Them. Yeah. You know them. them. Generation you know them. them. And I tip well. Do you tip? Okay, yeah. so so do, do you tip anyone, new Mike, for the holidays? For the holidays? Yeah. Yeah, like a special spiff. Like half this, they think, ever hairdresser. Uh, not really. Okay. No. I mean, uh, you want to tip us? No. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. I don't know. If, good job asking, us. though, John. What the yeah, heck? Nice try. If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. I mean, uh, you know, I tip, I tip my... I don't want to call it a barber because it's a woman that... It's a hairstylist. It's a hairstylist. Well, yeah. you're a hairstylist. Yeah, I do. What is wrong with that, John? <laughs> That's funny. What are you talking about? Funny. How's that? Why is that funny? Because you're a little stylist. There's nothing wrong with having a stylist. Hey, Mike, it's John Hall's I'm Fashion on, Rules. I'm on your side. Well, you got a little stylist. Yeah, I got a stylist. She's great. She do tips? Yeah, of course. A little color? Color and tips? No, I've and, never. I've never. do streaks and tips? No, absolutely not. I don't Wait, know. No, is it? You go, are you going to a woman's salon to get your hair cut? No, I go to, uh, um, oh, jeez, what's it called? It's on 65. Oh, that place. Mm-hmm. Not sports clip, clips. Uh, oh, you go in one of those places. I, oh. like, I do like sports clips, though, but it's not Why? Well, if you go to a sports clips, you, you're not, you don't have like a regular person. Don't you, no, don't I don't you have, have a regular? A regular no, you don't have a regular person. No, I don't. Oh, I don't. oh wait, you don't have a regular person. Well, you just, <laughs> you're just going into like, you know. I didn't know I needed a regular person. You need no, a regular Mike, person. it's good to have a regular person. They know, they know the shape of your head. They I know who you are. I don't think that's what they know. I think they I don't think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should have a regular hairdresser. I do feel like you should have a regular person, yeah. Mike. I want I'm gonna, you to no, have a regular I'm only kidding, person. I'm only kidding, because for many years, I had a woman cut my hair as well. Right. Oh, now we can hear Okay. I was messing with it. Micah. Micah was her name. Micah. Up what happened? Did you guys Philip have a Pelosi. falling out? No, I don't know what happened. I left town. Okay. And I came back, and she got married and had babies, and she was no longer. She didn't care about the size of your uh, my head. head anymore. <laughs> right. All right. If I, if I need a stylist, a hairstylist. Then give me a call at 1-800-320-8255. What? There we go. And you need a stylist? Let, let me know if yeah. you're a good stylist for me. What? Yeah. Okay. No, wait, wait. He, well, he wants to find a person. I need to you find need a, person. a person. He's trying you, to find a person. Yeah, yeah. you need a person, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good. I, I like mean, it. every guy should have a good mechanic, someone who cuts his hair well. What about giving your mechanic a spiff? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> he gets he gets a nice spiff. He keeps my uh, old Ford going. So, oh, so okay. I don't think I have to tip him. Oh, because you're I just like giving him. him such regular income. Keith is an excellent. Oh yeah, believe me. Yeah, so you don't need a spiff. Yeah, he's, he's doing just fine. Okay. No, my, my good friend Joe Joe Stein. Holy smokes, that's a spiff. We right love there. Joe. Joe, I'm, we love you. If I'm tipping anybody, I'm tipping mm-hmm. Joe Stein. You know, I love Dennis. Who's Dennis? At High Tech Auto oh, on Babcock Boulevard in the North Hills. Yeah. I love Dennis. But you don't tip him. I've never said that. Of course never, you wouldn't know. Why would you tip that? In the old days, you know, like I was a paper boy, I always, you know, you love Christmas as a paper boy because you get tips from all your customers. Paper boy's gone away. So, you know, in the old days, I know people who had doormen in New York City. They would always tip their doormen. I mean, they, these guys would make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on Christmas. You know, but I don't I've, have a doormen. You know, I've never in my life had a job where I got a tip for anything. Really? No, I never did. Mm-mm. What? You never been a so you never were a waiter. I was never. I never waited tables. Isn't mm. that funny? I had a lot of other jobs, but I never waited tables. Yeah. And I was never a doorman, and I never. I was a doorman, and I was a, a waiter. And I was never a talking Christmas tree. Yeah, you, well, I didn't get tips there, but I should have. <laughs> believe me. Coming anyway, up. yeah. So wait, wait. So wait, just well, go back. Let's put the button well, on I, this. Well, I thought I was putting the button on it, but apparently, no, it's, you're not. No, we're no. still discussing. <laughs> it. So, so, what, but from Nerd Wallet, they're saying what? Well, they're just saying. 
Okay, here's here's the the thing that I really didn't agree with, with not, but now you're making me bring it up. Please. It says that the what you're supposed to tip someone mm-hmm. is the cost of one visit to that person. What? For like the Christmas gift. Yeah. Yeah, so if so if, So you're someone cutting your hair. Well, that's a that's a big tip. Right, like so, you know, when I get my hair, What's you know, it cost cut it's you? like 60 eight, bucks? 80. 80 smackers. Right. Now I I give Amy, a regular tip, but yeah. I've never given her eighty dollars. Of course so not. So now, I've, now that I read that, I feel horrible. Don't do that. Don't well, do that. She's listening, probably. You sorry, know, sorry. Eighty bucks. That's a and that's huge a lot. Tip. That'd be really. I, I, I couldn't do I, that. I'm not doing that. I couldn't. Would you do that, Mike? Absolutely not. I'm he's, sorry. Going, he's going to sports clips. What's that? Nine ninety five. Supercuts. I found out. My wife just texted me. Oh, she goes, Mike, cut. it's supercuts. Is it nine bucks? Um, it's, I pay, I always give her $20. I don't know what 20s. it is. Okay, you're doing good. I, I think it's 15 and she gets like a $5. Boy, you tip. guys get off so easy. Well, we have a lot less hair. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Right. And it's a lot I, less complicated. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm, Enrico charges me 20 bucks. 20 bucks for all that hair. <laughs> Let's move on. Sorry. <laughs> Coming <Yeah>. up next, <laughs> Steel Faithful, stories of God at work in Pittsburgh. A wonderful trip through Pittsburgh's Christian history with Bob Jameson and Bruce Barron next on The Ride Home. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. A disaster-ravaged town is rebuilt, one brick at a time. A youth's self-esteem is rebuilt, one triumph at a time. That was great, Jimmy. A substance abuser is restored to sobriety, one day at a time. And this holiday season, you can make it all happen, because the Salvation Army's Red Kettle works, one donation at a time. So give to the Salvation Army. Change comes from within. Maybe you know exactly how you want the ring to look, or maybe you won't know it until you see it. Either way, when you're ready to ask, Jared is ready to help. With our incredible assortment of loose diamonds and on-site design center, we make it easy to find or create the perfect ring. And with our price match guarantee, we're devoted to helping you get it at a price you'll love. Just shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Make memories you'll unwrap forever at Kennywood's Holiday Lights. There's an extra surprise this year with Kennywood's all-new Thomastown. And don't miss the state's tallest Christmas tree, plus rides, carolers, photos with Santa, and the Polar Express in 4D. Buy tickets at Giant Eagle and save $2 on admission. Holiday Lights, weekends through December 30th. Close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Details at Kennywood.com. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. Are you wounded? Here's the bomb. Are you hungry? Here's the bread of life. Are you thirsty? Here's the living water. Are you facing the gathering storm? Here's the anchor. Are you being condemned? Here's your pardon. That's our God. Do you know him? Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth on leading the way. 101.5 
tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. It's no surprise that a, a city as diverse and as rich historical as the city of Pittsburgh would also have a deep and strong history of faith. And uh, we're fortunate here because uh, last week we spoke to Gary Smith, who wrote a story, uh, wrote a book about Christian faith in the city of Pittsburgh. Right. Called A History of Christianity in Pittsburgh. And coincidentally, at the very same time Gary's book came out, um, Bob Jamison and Bruce Barron and Michael King have also written a companion to the history of Christian faith in the city of Pittsburgh. They're called, their book is called Steel Faithful, Stories of God at Work in Pittsburgh. Bruce Barron, Bob Jamison, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Great to be here, my friend. Always a pleasure to see you guys. Okay, so why did you guys decide to do this? Bruce, I'll ask you first. Um, Is this something that was kind of percolating in your head? Is this like, did Bob Jameson, you know, tie you to a chair and make you edit his work (laughs) or what? It happens. Somebody told you. (laughs) Yes, actually, it's closer to the latter. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mike King, who's a North Hills businessman, had the great idea that all the stories Bob Jameson tells in his public appearances should be written down. Sort uh, of like uh, Dr. Luke, if he hadn't written down the Gospel of Luke and especially the Book of Acts, Acts we wouldn't know anything. A lot we would, yes, the, yeah. without the Acts, we wouldn't know the early church. Nice. Right. So he corralled Bob, and Bob knew that I wasn't financially strapped and would work for free if it was a good cause, <laughs> and he corralled me. Uh, and it was just an incredibly inspiring experience. Mm. Uh, it's very different from Gary Scott Smith's great book, and people should buy both of them. But ours is focused on nine specific stories from 1952 to the present. I see. So then, Bob, what Bruce is saying is, in many ways, you are the storekeeper of the lineage of the history of the city of Pittsburgh, Christian-wise, from the 1950s forward. It seems to have worked out that way. Uh, these are stories, you know, I'm not a native of Pittsburgh. Came here and didn't, I thought I'd come here for my education and go somewhere else. Fell in love with the city and and became acquainted with some of these people and with their stories. I found their lives and their ministries, their service to Jesus, both inspirational and instructional in my life. And there was, and so I found myself, I guess Mike kind of pointed out to me, you know, you tell their stories all the time as an example of something. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I do that. He says, you need to write a book. And I said, like I need a hole in the head. I got a, <laughs> I got a lot of things I'm doing right now. And he said, would you pray about it? Which that's, that's the death knell, you know. You know yeah. So I went home. Of course, I prayed. I'm like, oh, and I realized some of these people and some of the people who knew them, um, they're passing off the scene, and like, and, and some of their names are not known. And people, these people that were so uh, instructional in my formation in Christ, uh, their, their stories need to be captured now. And so, and I knew I needed help. And you know, Bruce is an excellent author, a published author, and he's he, he has the experiences in some areas that I don't have. And 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 the two of us, I think, made a really good team in pursuing this project. And uh, we're very very proud of the the outcome of it, and trusting that God's going to use it to, to touch people's lives in Pittsburgh. Excellent. It's exciting to read. Just to see the lineage, the kind of the passing of the baton, and and what a strange, weird collection of people God has <laughs> used in Pittsburgh. It's I mean, almost like the reading way the Bible. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, I actually thought about that very thing. I thought, you know, when you read the stories in the Old Testament, not 
you know, and we can talk about Acts too, but it's one flawed person after another yep, who God it. used to accomplish something amazing, which is what you're telling us in contemporary terms in this book called Steel Faithful. He hasn't changed his modus operandi mm-hmm. at all, has he? He can no. use us all. Right. Yeah. I was just reading today Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, and, yes. like, and it's basically the chapter is just like a listing of these Moses and Abraham and, and Rahab the prostitute and all these people in the the hero hall of fame of faith, right. you know, and I flawed people who never, nevertheless have an extraordinary uh, what the testimony of God using his people to reclaim a fallen, dark, broken world for himself. Fabulous. And yet none of them received what the was promise. promised, yeah, right? Because exactly. only together with us mm-hmm. is the promise fulfilled. Yeah. That's the free translation. Right. But that's what – so that's kind of what we're talking about, right, is yeah. that only together with us who are now working – um, laboring in the kingdom of God in Pittsburgh. That's how the whole story comes together is that we in different time periods and different yep. parts of history, yep. we're following Jesus and trying to, exactly. you know, follow what his will yeah. is for us. And, and I think we need heroes of the faith. There's something about that that makes this is what being faithful to Jesus in our generation looks like. Yes. You know, when to hear their stories and know that they were ordinary human beings and yet look at what God did there. And look what I was just talking to a friend this morning who has just finished the book and he, uh, I said, what, what stood out to you? Well, of course, there are one or two people in particular that you'll just really connect with, you know. Uh, and, and he mentioned, he, he connected with the Wayne Alderson story, the, the God working in the workplace. But I said, anything else? He said, yeah, he says, it's the physicality of the book. I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, it's that, you know, people who live in Pittsburgh, you know, you'll drive past a place and like, that happened. Right there. Mm. That was where, that's where it took, God did this extraordinary thing. Oh, that's that cool. Spot. It's There's sort of a marker. Like, yeah. It's, it's like Joshua crossing the Jordan River and say, hey, before we go anywhere else, guys, we're going to pile some stones here. So from now on, anybody mm-hmm. who passes by, that's the place where God dried up the Jordan River and we can't, God manifested his power and grace to his people right there. And it makes it really real. So that this is not, this is not just some ethereal, mythological story. This is like, these are real people that, that God used in extraordinary ways in our City. That happened here, and we're the recipients of that. We Absolutely. Sure right. Okay, so let's let's delve into some of the personalities. Steel faithful stories of God at work in Pittsburgh. Bruce Barron and Bob Jamison are with us. So. Uh, I think because, you know, uh, if you've been in the city for a long time, and of course you've been a Christian for a long time, then you know the name Sam Shoemaker. But we don't want to presuppose any knowledge on uh, people who are listening right now. Somebody this week sent me an IM who just read the book and said, I never I never knew, I never heard of Sam Shoemaker before. Like, wow. you, you and I assume everybody knows, people don't. Right. So the, the quote was, as famous Pittsburgh, as famous for prayer as it was or is for steel. As, as, as known for God as it is for steel. Right. So Sam Shoemaker was one of these giant figures already of the Christian faith, yes. working and living in New York City, had much work to do with the AA, but he was recruited to come to Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Bruce. Yeah. Well, remember, Pittsburgh was a pretty good corporate location back then. Yeah. And so I believe it was the head of Jones and Lachlan who attended Calvary Episcopal Church in Shadyside, and he led the effort. And we, t- we recount the story in the book of how Shoemaker, he'd been 25 years in New York, quite successful, uh, turning around a parish in lower Manhattan, uh, and really didn't have an inclination to go. That's smoky thought, city. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he said, I, I, that's right. It's always when he doesn't want to move, God's going to move you, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and he thought, you know, I'm taking these people's lunch, and I have no intention to go, even though Pittsburgh sounds nice. <laughs> and he ended up having a vision of a brick falling out of a house and tipping toward western Pennsylvania, and he said, I couldn't get it to move. Uh, and so that's one of the many amazing stories toward in the book. But this is a guy who was 
one of the top ten preachers in America, according to Newsweek in the 50s. Uh, his sermons are still archived at Calvary Episcopal. You can go over there and read hundreds of them. And yet he is amazingly forgotten, I think partly because so much of his writing was occasional in the sense, you know, for his time. You get a lot of anti-communism when you read mm. Sam Shoemaker. Mm. Uh, but it was all mission-oriented. It wasn't uh, wave the U.S. flag. It was we need to be more vocal and more effective worldwide in our Christianity to defeat communism. I see. He was an incredible man and – he, of course, then inspired many of the other things that have happened in Pittsburgh in the 60 years since then. And that's just it, right? His presence in the city of Pittsburgh emboldened a lot of paraministries. A lot of men and women really thrived because of his presence. It was like the splitting of an atom. You had a chain reaction. I, I started looking through the chapters like, well, this begat this, and then, then this came from that. And, and that, that's – you know, you kind of trace a lot of those things back to Sam Shoemaker. He, God just used him in an incredible way to make mm-hmm. a rich deposit of his grace and power in our city. And I think that vision of that God wants to do something special in our Jerusalem, in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, he wants to do something that when people say around the country, Pittsburgh, we automatically think of steel. Well, God wants to do something extraordinary here so that from now on people think, Pittsburgh, oh, God. God God Mm -hmm. inhabits that place. God has done done extraordinary things in that city. Yeah, one other comment I'd like to make about that. Everything in this book had its replication. In other words, the great ideas were shared elsewhere. And I discovered going through the archives of Wayne Alderson, the famous labor management reconciler or value of the person, that he went to Hamilton, which is uh, Canada's biggest steel city, and told them at a public event, my job is to make Hamilton as famous for God as it is for steel. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the uh, Pittsburgh Experiment. Pittsburgh Experiment is still there. It's an incredible business outreach. It was started by Sam Shoemaker. It grew out of one of the first things he did when he got to Pittsburgh. Uh, Episcopalians were sort of staid and not very committed sometimes in the 50s, just as some people may find them today. In fact, Shoemaker himself complained, yeah, people like the Episcopal Church because it's never scaring them into salvation or taking them to a fire (laughs) or anything. Uh, And we ought to be more of that. But anyway... Uh, he got business people interested in studying the Bible. He started with some people who weren't that interested. He met with them at the Pittsburgh Golf Club. He got them talking about free enterprise, and he convinced them that really the whole free enterprise system was dependent upon religion, and they should study it more. Hmm. And his studies on how to become a Christian led to people being open to uh, taking their faith seriously in the workplace. And he started small groups in the workplace. And by the uh, mid-50s, had formalized this as a group called the Pittsburgh Experiment, which, as I said, exists to this day as an organization primarily uh, for bringing people together in the business world to apply their faith. Our friend Chris Buda is the head of the Pittsburgh Experiment. We used to sit in this chair. Wonderful man of God. And he has revived it very well after they've gone without a full-time executive for quite a while. Uh, But the most interesting thing worth mentioning about the experiment is that they never did Bible studies. They always got together to share in depth and to challenge each other to prayer experiments, which was something Shoemaker always emphasized. Well, if you have a problem, it's like with your boss, we're all going to commit to praying about it for 30 days every day and see if God does something. 
And so they reached people in their relational way who would have been chased away by something mm-hmm. more churchy like a Bible study. Oh, that's and there's some incredible stories of that in the book. And does it still, do you think today, the, the Pittsburgh experiment is true to that vision of we're going to pray for these 30 days for these problems or for these solutions and somehow to find a, an, an answer within that? Yeah, they're just as faithful to that vision. Uh, it's one of those stories where you can't do anything the same way for 60 years. Uh, the workplace is spread out to suburbia. It's much harder to get people together for an hour downtown, the yep. demands of the workplace, or at any other location. Uh, and so they've had to evolve and had went through their struggles. But certainly the relevance of calling people to faith in a relational setting is just as important now mm-hmm. with postmoderns or millennials as it was in the 50s. Very nice. So there's right. Sam Shoemaker and the Pittsburgh Experiment, those two threads which really energized Pittsburgh in the 50s, which still exist today. And so we're going to take a step away. But when we come back, let's talk about the charismatic Catholic renewal in Pittsburgh. Cool. Um, look into that. And then we'll talk about the uh, Pittsburgh Leadership Foundation, Wayne Alderson. There's so much more. I mean, we're just going to run out of time. I know it. Steel Faithful, Bob Jamison, Bruce Barron. Stick around for more stories of faith. You don't know when your furnace will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. If you could do something to... To protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10-minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online. And you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent. And in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. In years past, most families had a local jeweler they could go to with confidence and trust. In these changing times, one store has managed to say the same. LS Jewelers has been family owned and operated for over 65 years. LS Jewelers in Robinson Town Center is a full service jewelry store. We have the largest selection of laboratory certified diamonds and engagement rings with both the finest quality and the best price. We also do custom design work as well as in-house repair. Don't trust your diamond purchase with just anyone. Come to LS Jewelers for the best price, service, quality, and selection. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. 
It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional Dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Clouds will increase across the area tonight, the low 32. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild, with some rain developing later on in the day, the high nearing 50. Cloudy tomorrow night with rain, the low 42, and staying considerably cloudy for Friday with occasional rain. Friday's high, 46 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We're spending time with Bruce Barron and Bob Jamison. They're the authors of a brand new book called Steel Faithful, Stories of God at Work in Pittsburgh, 1952 to 2018. We started off our conversation talking about Sam Shoemaker and the Pittsburgh experiment. Mm-hmm. Now, as uh, time moves forward, there was something that was uh, really sort of shocking in many ways. Yeah, something that was shocking at the time, and still the power of it resonates in uh, in the Pittsburgh area, and that's the charismatic Catholic renewal. So, Bruce, you want to start us off and kind of explain how that got kicked off? What years were this? The Catholic Charismatic Renewal was born in February 1967. Okay. Uh, it's touched 150 million people roughly around the world, and very few people in Pittsburgh realized that it all started at Duquesne University. Is really? Right? Yeah. It started with a mostly student group called Cairo that had about 25 students, uh, one chaplain and two uh, professors or instructors who were their faculty advisors, all at Duquesne. And the two faculty advisors actually through uh, John Sherrill's book, They Speak with Other Tongues, and through David Wilkerson's book, The Cross and the Switchblade, became exposed to Pentecostal-type renewal. They tried it out themselves at a charismatic group prayer group in the North Hills and got sucked in. Wow. And so they rearranged the plans for this retreat to study the first four chapters of the book of Acts and see what would happen. And basically what happened was uh, God's power fell on them at the Ark and the Dove in Gibsonia, and half Mm -hmm. of them came back speaking in tongues. Now, if it had just been a bunch of kids, it would have gone nowhere, but the credibility of the two instructors helped to spread the word to uh, their colleagues in Michigan and in Notre Dame, and every serious history of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal will tell you that it all began at Duquesne University. Wow. So, Bruce, define what that is. For people who are unfamiliar, what would that look like, Catholic Charismatic? Sure. 
when we talk about charismatic renewal, we're generally talking about people having their spiritually spiritual lives re-inspired by the appearance of the charismatic gifts or charisma, spiritual gifts, uh, charisma, charismata is the Greek term, that are, appear in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, the one that's most associated is speaking in tongues, but there have also been many uh, experiences of modern-day pro- uh, prophetic words, uh, of healing experiences, certainly an exuberant type of worship. Uh, this, of course, started with the Pentecostals earlier in the century. It then spread into the mainline Protestant denominations in the 50s and 60s, but it didn't touch the Catholic Church at all until this event at Duquesne in 1967. Hmm. Talk about the effect it had on the church at large here in Pittsburgh, Bruce. Well, it's funny you ask that. Most studies of the Catholic charismatic renewal talk about its effect on the world. The movement very quickly had its momentum moved from Pittsburgh elsewhere. Both of those instructors took jobs in South Bend, Notre Dame or St. Mary's, the following summer. And And the story's been told many times. So this is the only chapter in the book where we felt, well, what do we do to tell something that hasn't already been told? All the other stories have not really been told very well before. So what we cover is the extent to which prayer groups continued to pop up all over Pittsburgh yeah. and the experiences of some of the early leaders as they dealt with ecumenical prayer meetings as young Catholic believers mm. who had never done anything like this before. Interesting. So all of a sudden there was like a, a, a I was going to say a reintegration, but maybe it's just integration of different denominations and prayer together? Oh, yes, very much an integration. Remember, in the 60s, Catholic and Protestants didn't hang around each other too very much. Very rigid separation. I mean, I mean you couldn't. You couldn't be in the Boy Scouts if you're a Catholic, that kind of thing. Right. And so it was just mind-blowing for believers to come together like this, although they would have some of their challenges because, as one of the leaders told me, yeah, we'd have these Protestants who really effect- expected us all to leave the Catholic Church, so they'd start giving us instruction during prayer meetings about things they thought the Catholics would need to hear. And so then one of the Catholics would respond with a Hail Mary. The funny thing to close this is I was personally very touched by Catholic charismatic renewal elsewhere before I came to Pittsburgh, even though I'm an evangelical Protestant. So when I got here in 1985, I was expecting to go to Duquesne University and find some of those historical markers. But because of the controversies, Duquesne sort of took a hands-on off position, and they never opposed it, but you don't see anything about... They didn't claim it. That's right. Okay, so what was controversial? Well, a bunch of people who started speaking in tongues in Catholic Church, that was enough already. I would think so. Then then some ecumenical activity. Some Protestant churches. Sure it is. Oh, yes. uh, But also, with the the inevitable exuberance, uh, and sometimes they'll admit the youthful exuberance and the dogmatism that comes with, look what we found, Mm. everybody needs this. So, I mean, the chaplain was very quick to back off, and the meetings soon had to move off campus. I see. So, as you said, when you first started to talk about this, 150 people estimated worldwide. 150 million. 150 million worldwide. What are, the th- are the threads still existing somewhere within that? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, if you look at the cover of our book, you see Patty Mansfield, who was one of those young students on the retreat in 1967. Is that right? Is that right? And the Pope. Yeah. Because Pope Francis hosted a golden, golden jubilee in Rome to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the charismatic movement within the Catholic Church. And there she is with him for the experience. Uh, Certainly, 
the biggest impact in the Catholic Church, I would say, has been in Latin America, but it's spread all over the world. We need to take a, another quick break. We're loving this wow. conversation. Bruce Barron, Bob Jamison, join us. Steel Faithful, Stories of God at Work in Pittsburgh, 1952 to 2018. It's a brand new work. Stay with us. Proverbs 17.22 tells us that laughter doeth like good medicine. It's true. Science has discovered that when a person laughs, their body actually releases endorphins into the bloodstream. These tiny hormones actually increase the body's ability to heal. So here's a question. When was the last time you had a good laugh with your spouse? I mean a really good belly laugh. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we'd like to invite you to our ultimate date night, where you'll spend 90 minutes with your spouse laughing like you haven't laughed in years. Since 1996, we've been traveling the country using our unique style of marriage edutainment to seamlessly combine humor and biblical truth. So join us and have a great laugh with your spouse. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Hello friends, the staff and pastors of Christ Church at Grove Farm are so excited for Advent and the Christmas story this year. But the story and our joy just won't be complete without you. So it is my pleasure to invite you to join us on December 24th when we will be celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus with carols and candles at 4, 6, and 8 p.m. To get all the details on how you can join us in one of our services or online, including times and directions, please visit us at ccgf.org. On behalf of all of us here at Christ Church at Grove Farm, I pray you have a very Merry Christmas. Give your praise team a rich professional sound. Hear every word of the pastor's sermon in crystal clear audio. Communicate through sharp, vibrant HD video. Kinetics AV has designed some of the largest sound systems in the country. They also design audio-visual solutions for the most basic needs of the smallest rural church. From full system installation to repairs, consulting, and on-site training, this is how Kinetics is moving sound forward at KineticsAV.com. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about the lineage of the history of faith in the city of Pittsburgh. Bruce Barron, Bob Jamison are with us. They've got a brand new work, Steel Faithful, Stories of God at Work in Pittsburgh, 1952 to 2018. The thing I'm regretting already is, of course, we're not going to have enough time to talk about even a fraction of the stories that you've included in this book. Great stories. Um, 
we could spend we could have spent three hours talking about the Steelers, and Absolutely. I don't I don't just mean about how they did last Sunday, which by the way was epic. Don't even go there. Uh, but but just <laughs> the, just the unbelievable lineage of of Christian believers um, and what what that organization has yielded. But before we even go into that, if we even have a chance, I want to talk about Bethany Baptist Church. Our friend Bill Glaze is with uh, us every month. You hear him uh, right yeah. here on the air um, in the evening, uh, Monday through Friday. So Bruce, tell us about the lineage of Bethany Baptist and how it matters to Pittsburgh. Sure. Let me say first how they got in the book. We had put together six initial topics, which grew to seven, and I said, they all are going to look like parachurch topics. People are going to think we don't think the church is very important. Mm -hmm. So we agreed we should pick a couple churches. Now, you can't pick the two best churches in Pittsburgh. (laughs) That will will leave you rather uh, unpopular for the rest of your life. So we said clearly our criteria are two churches that have done great things and would make a great story. And we found out through asking around, Bob especially through his work with Family Guidance had great experience with Bethany. They provided him more mentors than any other church despite the relatively small size of about 300. Great heart for at-risk kids. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Love them. But we found out in asking around, one of the people at Bethany told us something neither one of us knew, that all through the civil rights years, this predominant, almost totally black church in Homewood had a white pastor. What? Now, you talk about racial reconciliation. The times when whites were sticking it to blacks, this group of blacks loved whites enough to hire one as their pastor. So we looked into it, we got information on that, and we knew the church was good enough that we'd get other stories. In addition to getting the story of the 18 years this man, um, Charles Tame, spent pastoring there from 1959 to 77. T-A-M-E. T-A-M-E. And his his son is still alive locally, so we interviewed him. He had memories from there. But we also got memories dating back to the very beginning when, ironically, they had trouble buying the church building. And so a light-skinned pastor came to the, I believe it was Lutherans, saying, I'll buy the church for $5,000. They wouldn't sell to a black church, but they sold to him and Hmm. only found out later that it was for a black church. Holy smoke. Anyway, uh, and then there's several uh, older women in the the church who've been there for 50 or 60 years, and the stories they have to tell, one of them, in fact, the uh, granddaughter of that original pastor, the stories they have to tell about the impact and – the ways in which they have dealt with racial issues, uh, including the infamous denominational ministry extended, formerly denominational ministry strategy, the uh, rebellious people back in the 80s who tried to make some trouble at Bethany, uh, really makes a great story. I love this because, you know, if you're a believer in Christ and you've been a Pittsburgher for, you know, any amount of time, it's kind of like recounting family stories, right? Yeah, absolutely, yes. People sitting around the table at, you know, the holidays and saying, remember when this happened and that yes. happened. Yeah. So the, the odd thing is that Gary Smith, we talked about this, uh, another local author here in town, he's written a book about Christianity, the history of Christianity in town, and there, you, you guys are doing this together. What was that like? I mean, there's this gigantic storehouse of stories. Was there all this conversation between the three of you as you went forward to publication? Mainly me and Gary, I guess, although it sort of started in a way with Bob. Surprisingly, we got pretty far into this book before we knew that Gary, who, by the way, is now retired in North Carolina but taught at Grove City for 39 years, and I read one of his books doing my dissertation research, so uh, he's been at this longer than me. Anyway, we found out 
in one of our attempts to do interviews, we were actually trying to do an, our, a, a chapter on the Coalition for Christian Outreach, the campus ministry that started here and has had significance nationwide. And we found out that basically the way it came out was Bob Long, who had been one of their leaders for like 38 years, had already told his stories to somebody else. And we looked in some further to find out who it was, and it turned out, yeah, he had already gotten profiled, and CCO had gotten profiled for Gary Scott Smith's book. And Bob Long didn't want to tell the story again. And Bob Long didn't want to tell the story again. <laughs> it's hard right. to believe. I yeah. can appreciate how cranky he can get. Uh, yes. Well, if you read Gary's version, so I mean, he, he covers the Coalition for Christian Outreach very well, so I can appreciate why Bob didn't want to do it all again. But anyway, we ended up getting in touch with each other, and I went through this time of one of us must not be listening to God because God would not have two books done on the same stuff at the same time until we saw what each of us was doing. They are incredibly complementary books. Mm-hmm. Almost they're, no overlap. Yeah, there really isn't. <laughs> they're it. written in very different ways. Gary has much broader scope. He goes back earlier in time. Uh, he puts more background research into the introduction than we put into journalistic-type studies of nine specific chapters. But on the other hand, he couldn't go in depth into some of the things that we did. The only, the closest things to overlap, we both cover the Steelers, but he covers really 70s to present, and we focus specifically on what happened in the 70s after Athletes in Action sent Hollis Half to try to infiltrate the football team. And we both cover Northway Christian community, but in very different ways. He does it more as a present snapshot, and we do it more from the founding pastor's perspective. Hmm. I'll tell you, the the project is absolutely fascinating. So with, with our remaining minutes, Bob, I want to ask you, how is your perspective different post-book than pre-book? You know, when you start looking at the individual stories, you find common themes. You know, there, there are connecting points, like God is connecting some dots, and there's some lessons through each of them that he's trying to, I think, say to God's people in Pittsburgh today. One of the, one of the things that really stood out to me was that Almost all of these stories uh, exemplify the body of Christ coming together. We are, we're forming the formation of community mm-hmm. and the crossing of man-made boundaries. Often we put each other or put God into boxes, like you're a Lutheran and I'm a Presbyterian or, or right. you're a Catholic or whatever. And almost all of these extraordinary things happen because God's people said, we don't care about those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they came together. There's an incredible cross-fertilization of ideas and understanding that happened. And, and, and we can't discount the fact that Jesus said, where two or more That's are it. gathered, yeah. my presence is there. Where is power? It's where Jesus is present, you know? And the coming together created you know, and invited Christ's presence, and he did some extraordinary things that boggled people's minds and boggle people's minds today. Yes, extraordinary things that are still going on across western Pennsylvania. Yes. Guys, we're so happy that you're with us. Bob, before you leave us, take a second because, you know, as we talk about ministries of the past and the present, tell us about Adam's Quest. Ah, love it. Uh, uh, God brought me from the Ministry of Family Guidance Incorporated, where I was working with uh, with at risk kids, to work with men. God had had started doing putting men on my heart very much, uh, and so we're doing uh, an out- outreach to downtown businessmen called the Gathering. Uh, we're developing groups, small groups of discipling men, calling men to to uh, deepen their faith in Christ and uh, to invite His transformation. One of the things that is is sad to me is seeing men populate pews in churches, but but not seeing a 
radical life change. And so we're, we're taking men deep with Jesus and inviting that deep work of, mm-hmm. of discipling. I love that. Nice. So love men that. are called. If they want to reach you with Adam's Quest, give me some contact information. Absolutely. Email me anytime at bob at adamsquest, A-D-A-M-S-Q-U-E-S-T dot org. That's bob easy. at adamsquest.org. And Very what nice. about if people are interested in having you guys uh, tell some of your stories that you've put together in the book? Would you, you show know, up? You know, Absolutely. And, and how would people contact you guys? We've just kind of touched the surface, as you, as you yeah. know. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> There's so many stories we didn't tell. But if you want to hear the full story, contact us. Uh, what's what's the, the That best email, voice? god at work in pgh at gmail.com. That's easy. Okay, god, god at work, at work in, PGH. in pgh at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Okay. You know, when we started out the conversation, you guys, uh, Bob, you mentioned that you were reading Hebrews 11 this morning oh, yeah. about the great cloud of witnesses. Yeah. And um, I I misquoted the end because I had like a little brain freeze. I couldn't quite figure it out. But I think that as we close it up, I think it's important. We've heard all these stories about people who have followed God at different decades in different parts of the city and crossing man-made boundaries, as you said. But I, I really think the end of Hebrews 11 is important to say oh, yeah. again is that all of these people were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised because God planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That's the story that God's writing in Pittsburgh. Amen. Isn't it wonderful Amen. to be a part of that? Absolutely. It's it very really exciting. is. Yeah. Steel Faithful is the book, Stories of God at Work in Pittsburgh, 1952 to 2018. We've been joined by authors Bruce Barron and Bob Jamison. Thanks, you guys. Thank you, Kathy. John. Thank you. Yeah. Our pleasure. Merry Christmas. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with MyPillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to MyPillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried MyPillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four-pack special. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two MyPillows plus two go-anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. 
Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. In years past, most families had a local jeweler they could go to with confidence and trust. In these changing times, one store has managed to stay the same. LS Jewelers has been family owned and operated for over 65 years. LS Jewelers in Robinson Town Center is a full service jewelry store. We have the largest selection of laboratory certified diamonds and engagement rings with both the finest quality and the best price. We also do custom design work as well as in-house repair. Don't trust your diamond purchase with just anyone. Come to LS Jewelers for the best price, service, quality, and selection. Since childhood, Brooklyn has struggled with debilitating anxiety, but she found comfort on the radio. It was like every single time God was just telling me again, I'm here for you. And focus was that ministry he used to be that voice I needed in that exact moment of time. I'm Jim Daly. Give the gift of family to help more people like Brooklyn. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Call 800-A-FAMILY. If you're involved in youth or high school sports, you need to know about Positive Coaching Alliance. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people. PCA workshops help coaches, parents, and student-athletes pursue winning and life lessons through sports. Visit PositiveCoach.org. been um, articles and conversations in in the last year or so that have cropped up about what I would call the loneliness epidemic in America. And I I saw something today which sort of dovetailed on a piece that uh, Arthur Brooks wrote uh, in mid-November. But the headline of the article we saw today was, Three in Four Americans Struggle with Loneliness. So uh, the the crux of the article is that you know people are feeling lonely as the holiday approaches, but they say that there are periods that are of loneliness that can strike people uh, in their in different times in their lives. Your late twenties, mid fifties, late eighties are times when you are most at risk of feeling lonely. Um, this is an article that uh, has been written by Dennis uh, Thompson, Health Day reporter. Um, in, <sighs> We talked about this a little earlier as well, that uh, the, the English government, the U.K., has appointed a director of loneliness because of the epidemic in the U.K. And it's interesting that governments would recognize this, that they would go to a higher level and appoint someone to sort of even look at the problem let alone delve mm-hmm. into this on a, on a regular basis. Right, so it's not just an American problem. It is not. And I think the odd thing is, is, you know, we trumpet, you know, for better or worse, and I, I tend to agree, I think it's worse, the so-called social media rise, that that has splintered us even more so, that we have become in our houses, tucked away from our neighbors, less likely to join you know, our parents belong to the American Legion or the Rotary or different sort of communal groups. Your church that is a, a large source, of course, if you belong to a, a church, you know the community that you have there. All those acted as antidotes to loneliness. Mm-hmm. But now as, you know, the rise of people not attending church or people disconnected from social organizations like we just talked about, people now are isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. It's a heartbreak. It is. But this is what you do. You get yourself to a church. You don't just walk. Now, listen, I understand if you are housebound 
televised or uh, televised worship services, the stuff that you hear on Word FM, it is invaluable. There's no question about it. But it's not church. But if you if but it is if you can't leave your home, it is. But if you can leave your home, leave your home and get yourself to a church. And it's it's important to just not show up. Yeah, you, right. Find a. I mean. <sighs> See if there's a women's Bible study. See if there's a men's group. See if there's a a group that gets together and watches Steeler games or goes to hockey games or whatever. Whatever it is, you need community Yes, because we all need community. That's what we were talking to Bruce Barron and Bob Jameson about. It's just the unbelievable interweaving of communities of people who believed in Jesus throughout all the decades here in Pittsburgh. Be part of that community. And you can't be part of it if you're at home on Facebook. No, there's no point. It's not the same. Yeah, and uh, tweeting about the world is not the same as interacting with somebody no. in a in a church basement. And you know this, right? The deeper that you're involved in the community, it's better for the community and for you and your family. So the loneliness that breaks my heart. You know, yeah. if uh, I've gone through periods of loneliness, I remember being in New York City, surrounded by millions of people in my late twenties, and going, "I what? I am like lost here. I have no. I know nothing." So I, I know what that's like. I was just in South Carolina over the summer, and I met a woman in South Carolina, an African-American woman who's living on, Hil- on Hilton Head. And she said, I'm a black woman who, choose, who chose to move to South Carolina. She said, black women don't choose to move to South Carolina. If they can avoid it, they'll get out because of the racial problems. She said, but I moved here because this church, she pointed to her church, saved my life. Hmm. She said, these are my people. This is my community doesn't matter what color you are yeah doesn't matter what it is find a community of people who love jesus because that means that they'll love you i'm into that i mean all you got to do is look at the social fabric today when you got a hole in your life you tend to fill it with angry rhetoric which is online right now so instead be a person of peace go to church be part of that community sharing the word that changes the world 101.5 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks gave up an early rally and took a dive in afternoon trading after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates again and said it planned to keep raising them next year. Financial analyst Hillary Kramer says there's no good reason for the Fed to hike interest rates. Fed Chairman Powell is not looking at the economy like everyone else is and like Wall Street knows. Even GDP, it's coming in at 2.3% this year, but in 2020, it may come in at 2%. It's a recipe for disaster. Kramer is editor of the financial newsletter Game Changers in cooperation with Salem Media. The Dow plunged 352 points to close at 23,323. The Nasdaq dropped 147, and the S&P lower by 39. Oil, however, was up $1.72 to 47.96 a barrel. This is SRN News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you signed up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program that's been around for 25 years, and they have hundreds of thousands of members all across the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $1 billion of each other's medical bills. Best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. 
Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money. Think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have a lot to offer? Well, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. I've been married so long, I don't even look when I cross the street anymore. No, please. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we're bringing our ultimate date night to your community. What is an ultimate date night? It's 90 minutes of nonstop laughter, music, and fun. It's a great night for you to reconnect with your spouse. It's a night for all couples to connect through entertainment all the while learning some biblical truth about marriage. We've been helping couples celebrate the gift of marriage for over 20 years, and we can't wait to bring our comedic look at marriage to your community. So get out of that date night rut, you know, that dinner and a movie over and over again. Or maybe you haven't even been on a date in a long time. Join us at the Ultimate Date Night and get ready to laugh. And get ready to connect. Grab your spouse by the hand and join us at the Ultimate Date Night. Word FM presents the Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, Friday, February 1st at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $48 a pair. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash date night. This is Pastor Ben Kendrew of Hillside Christian Community in Carnegie, inviting you to step away from the hustle and bustle and join us for worship as we contemplate the amazing God who took on human flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. We welcome you to Hillside this Christmas Eve for a family-friendly contemporary candlelight service from 6.30 to 7.30. May the peace of God be yours this Christmas from your friends at Hillside Christian Community. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more, because you have choices nearby, and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net. Clouds will increase across the area tonight, the low 32. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild, with some rain developing later on in the day, the high nearing 50. Cloudy tomorrow night with rain, the low 42, and staying considerably cloudy for Friday with occasional rain. Friday's high, 46 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along as the uh, the sun is setting on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Yes, it is. I look forward to the longest day of the year in two days because yes. then that means we are headed towards the light. No, no, it's the shortest day of the year. Oh, shortest day, sorry. Yeah. Which I wish it was the longest day. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's the yeah, shortest. Sure. Sorry. Speaking of community, as we were in our last hour, and if you missed any of our last hour, please find us on iTunes, our podcast available there. Also on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. In our conversations about community, it kind of got John and I thinking about our larger community. And we hear from you all and our our listening family a lot through a lot of different ways. We hear, (laughs) get, you know direct messages on twitter and email uh, stuff, facebook stuff on facebook and you people are calling it. new mike and telling him stuff and whatever anyway um so we thought we'd go to our uh, we're calling it our, our questions and beefs in mucks yeah so we're calling it the questions do we have and a, beefs. Do, we, do we have music for our that's sad that's so sad that's sad well oftentimes what is in our inbox is sad no i i don't think so i, I disagree 
oftentimes have you, have you read the two things we're talking about today? Well, one's kind of funny and odd. The other one's certainly angry. Okay. Can we start with funny and odd? Oh, please. This came in on our, our Facebook, uh, what What do you call that? Messenger? Is yeah. Facebook Messenger? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hi, is this Kathy and John that used to live in Clinton, Maryland? I have godparents named Kathy and John, and they moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They used to live near me and my parents in Clinton, Maryland. My parents' names are Chris and Monica, and I've been trying to locate them ever since. My name is Victoria. I am just wondering if you are them. Are you? I've never lived there. I have. I've never been a godmother. No, but she follows it up with something that's important. I forgot to mention, Kathy and John used to have a black cat. (laughs) (laughs) So she just wanted to identify us. They used to have a black cat. You guys have a black cat? Uh, Well, it's kind of funny. Kathy and I were talking about this. At one point, you had a black cat. At one point, I had a black cat. Now, my black cat's name was Abu. My black cat's name was Jet. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, poor Jet, he was my cat in, uh, in when I lived in Queens, and uh, he was killed. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to say that Abu lived a long life of uh, over 19 years. Nice. But I was never anyone's godmother. Oh, I, I'm someone's godfather. Are you Victoria's godfather? I am not. No, okay. But, Are you uh, sure? Positive. Do we need to get like no. Mari Povich in here? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think Mari Povich can determine godparentage. So. No. We can do a lie detector test. All no, of wait, a sudden there's fisticuffs wait, going God, on here. Do godparents have to be married? No. Oh, okay, no. good. Because we're not married. No. Just right. if anyone's listening for but the she, first time. Yeah, yeah. But you guys did have a black cat. Yeah. But right. not the same black cat. Right. And what's the town in Maryland? Clinton. Clinton, Maryland. Mm-hmm. No, there's a Clinton out by the airport, right? It's not Clinton, Maryland. No, no. no. No, anyway, different. so I wrote back and said, hey, that's not us, but thanks a lot for listening or you know, and, connecting and Merry right. Christmas. Yeah. Right. So that was that. Right. So that was the first thing we saw in our inbox today. Okay. But then the second thing we saw in our inbox today it was different. Holy smokes. It's my favorite. Yeah. It, it's hard to beat the black cat in Clinton, Maryland, though. No, I, yeah. So Joe reached out to us and he said, John and Kathy, I feel grieved when I listen to your show. No. Oh. Are you guys Christians? <laughs> Don't you know that if you, you're a friend of the world, you're God's enemy? I hear you talking about the Steelers win over New England. God couldn't care less. Why don't you talk about something that pertains to God? One half of the world has never heard of Jesus, and here you are talking about the Steelers. Stop wasting precious airtime on worldly crap. Stop. Four exclamation points. Well, after worldly crap, it had four exclamation points. Yeah. Joe. I mean... We started the show yesterday talking about the Steelers, New, New England. And the day before. Right. You know why? Because mm. it was an epic win on Sunday. It was. Because when the giant falls, the people rejoice. Now, do you think that's true? That Don't you know that if you're a friend of the world, you're God's enemy? Yeah, well, yeah, I agree okay. with that. Right. right. Uh, uh, God couldn't care less about those Steelers win over New England. Well, I don't think that's true. I, I, don't I, don't think I don't think he's rooting for I, the Steelers, No, I obviously. don't think so either. He's not, but God cares about us. That, right, n- but I don't think he cares about a game. No, I think he's no. rooting for the Steelers. No, 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 he's not. <laughs> I think he is. But God loves us, it's and he Steelers. loves our enjoyment. Right. Right? So why wouldn't we talk about things that we love and we enjoy, because God loves us in that. But right? he's also a Steelers fan. No, he's not, no, Mike. He's not. Stop stirring Joe's the pot, okay? Because I don't want to get another angry email from Joe. Joe's going to send a follow-up. Holy smokes. <laughs> All right. I think it's important to remember 
that the world is not ours to save. Amen. It isn't. Mm. The, God is the one who saves the world. God has saved. For God so loved the world. Yes. <laughs> that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's not, the world is not ours to save. God has given us new life so that we rejoice and be glad in it. Mm. And we rejoice in God through all sorts of means. Yes. His wonderful creation everything. that he's given us to Every, enjoy. Right. Everything from the the dog you love to the team you love to the people you love. Yeah. This is what it is. This is what it is to live a fully a full-throated redeemed life. And enjoy the, it. Yeah. And in the hope is, and of course, do we not talk about God about, you know, most of the show, well, of course it is. Well, if, right? We talk about God right, if all we, if throughout the show. If we weren't talking about God, we'd be on another network. Right. So we're praising Jesus. We're, you know, we're talking about so many different things about God's creation. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. If you want to listen to a more serious show, there are lots out there. Yeah. So knock yourself out. I mean, I don't know. But if you so. want to laugh and you want to enjoy the beautiful things and the ridiculous things that are all around us, then stay close to the ride home because it's what we do. <laughs> this is basically it. This is who we are. Because right, I mean, Mike never heard of a pomegranate until about nine months ago. Holy smokes! Yeah, it's a pomegranate. And God made a pomegranate. Yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is this, I, you would I, you would disagree with this, but this is, we've been doing this for a decade. We haven't been doing we it for a decade. We have been doing this for It'll a decade. It'll be a decade in March. No, no, no. We've been doing yet. this for a decade. It's less than a decade. Here's the deal. We've been doing this for a decade. You were a unofficial full-time, or you're an unofficial employee, I should say. Yeah, but I, then, I for sure wasn't an employee. No, but then one day the paperwork came in and you, you know, became a full-time employee. Or, mm-hmm. But uh, we were doing the show months before you became official. I'm just saying. You became official. There's a, there's a point where you celebrate something, and it's the day it became official. Right. It's not like all the times before you were thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't thinking about it. We were doing it. We just weren't. The paper wasn't signed. Celebrate our 10-year anniversary coming up in March 2019. All right. Okay. And, Joe, you're welcome to celebrate with us. I hope Joe comes into the studio. Oh, no. Please do I want, not. I, I do want not Joe want in Joe. studio with us. No. I'm going to get him a black and white tossle. No. Ca- They're black and gold tossle. Four exclamation points cap. scare me. I don't, I don't like four exclamation points. Go Steelers. Oh, please. 101.5 WORD. It was the one herald of the Messiah's birth that didn't utter a single word or even make a sound. So what exactly was that star over Bethlehem? That's just one topic John MacArthur examines in detail this week. Join him as he helps prepare you for next week's Christmas holiday with a look at the birth of the King on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. And if you have, you know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance because they provide both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can pick your hospital. So if you want to be at a Highmark hospital or UPMC hospital, if you want to go to the Mayo Clinic or Johns Hopkins, wherever you want to go, Marley's going to give you the power to choose what's best for you and also what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, because you can forget about the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now, 724-884-1496, and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. Find them online, marleyfg.com.
Hi, this is Kurt Kenotic from Accurate Solutions Group. Whether you're dreaming of a white Christmas, thinking about a red-nosed reindeer, or just rocking around the Christmas tree, my team and I want to say thank you to everyone who helped make 2018 such a success. So from our family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And as we turn the calendar to a new year, we would be honored to help make 2019 the year that you make retirement planning your resolution. Give us a call today, 412-515-3555. We can help you create a retirement blueprint so you can find out if this is the year you can finally retire. 412-515-3555. That's Accurate Solutions Group. 412-515-3555. Or you can find us online at asgretire.com. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and may God bless you and your families. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. They say a picture is worth a thousand words, but there are some pictures that can just stop you in your tracks, such as the work of photographer Howard J. Blickfeld. If you've walked through the gallery of Mount Lebanon, you've seen them. They're on display now through December 27th breathtaking landscapes of North America's national parks to powerful images of Pittsburgh's bridges and famous landmarks. Show-stopping pieces that not only capture our attention, but adorn the homes of notable preachers such as Franklin Graham, Rick Warren, and John MacArthur. At hjbpix.com, you can also see a special line of inspirationals that combine God's Word with God's World, with scripture-based messages featured right in the matic perfect for the word fm listener looking for a special gift at an exclusive discount price just for mentioning this station howard blickfelt of blickfelt photography on display now at the gallery of mount lebanon order direct at hjbpix.com us christmas elves used to dread hearing people sing jingle bells because we knew it meant crunch time for us at the north pole put on your big boy tights that is until we heard about fun for all family fun parks holiday Sale. Purchase online or in park Monday, December 17th through Thursday, December 20th. Now you save a ton of money and we save a ton of time. I started collecting samurai swords. Okay. Learn more at funforall.com backslash I really thought I would die of stress long before the cancer. Because the diagnosis brought this avalanche of worries. The money, the travel, the burden on the family. One night, I called the American Cancer Society, and they helped me map out a plan, got me free rides to chemo and even a free place to stay during treatment. They took away those other fears so I could rest up for the real fight. Please give at cancer.org. Give your praise team a rich professional sound. Hear every word of the pastor's sermon in crystal clear audio. Communicate through sharp, vibrant HD video. Kinetics AV has designed some of the largest sound systems in the country. They also design audio-visual solutions for the most basic needs of the smallest rural church. From full system installation to repairs, consulting, and on-site training, this is how Kinetics is moving sound forward at KineticsAV.com. Charles Dickens has been called perhaps the greatest of English novelists. And some people may consider him uh, that uh, an exaggeration. But if, if you are a student of Charles Dickens, even if you have uh, just a passing knowledge and have read perhaps uh, a novel or two, there's no denying his genius and his mark that he's left on the world. All you've got to look at uh, at the Christmas Carol, which is appearing in downtown Pittsburgh, and I'm sure across hundreds and hundreds of stages in the midst of this Christmas season. 
Here to talk to us about Charles Dickens and a movie that has Charles Dickens in print all over it is uh, Laura Kenna. Laura is a Ph.D. in American Studies and most recently taught at Trinity Fellows Academy. She's got a, a piece out that appeared a few years back in Christianity Today. It is called um, Charles Dickens Still Haunts Christmas. Laura, welcome to, uh, to Word FM. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So Charles Dickens, 31 years old, uh, already a well-known author in Britain, but was in a career slump. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard for us to picture, right? Yeah, yeah. it really is. We, <laughs> I think uh, we all have uh, Americans, we love uh, the straight narratives of upward progress, but I think uh, most of us know it's not how life works, not even for Charles Dickens. So, yeah. Okay, so he decided to write this under duress. Was it a what is was he compelled by bad finances? Was he just looking for you know more acclaim? Uh, no, I think uh, it's a great question. Um, so, the, for, for um, listeners who don't know, I mean, this is a novel that, um, for all of its masterliness, came together in a matter of weeks for Charles Dickens. So, really uh, a breakneck pace. And, um, and yeah, I think actually financial duress, again, that's sort of um, the progress narrative isn't all it's cracked up to be. He's, uh, he's newly married at this time, and um, his more recent novels, even though he's already famous, um, were sort of literary flops, at least, with, at least with the public. I don't think my English professors would have said they were literary flops. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the public just really wasn't taking to them um, the way that they had before. Um, and so there's, uh, yeah, there's a feeling of, I'm sure, wanting to, to get past that spot probably as a writer, but also, yeah, as a provider for his family. Right. A lot of pressure. So, Laura, what's that like? I mean, I think a lot of people have probably seen a movie adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Lesser mm-hmm. still have read the book of The Christmas Carol. Um, the themes of, of loneliness and greed and heartbreak. I mean, it's such a relevant story still more than 100 years after the, the book was written. And, of course, the play, as you entered in, mm-hmm. I talked about that being performed, I'm sure, in hundreds of theaters mm-hmm. still. What is it about that? Is it, is it, we, do we love it so much because it's about the, the extremes of redemption? Someone gone so far afield has come back to new mm-hmm. life? Boy, that's um, boy, that's a great question. You've got a lot of great things in there, and I think that I guess it's because that's what Dickens put in this this play and this, this story for us. I mean, that he really does have some some themes that I think um, resonate over over the hundreds of years. Um, these, you know, they aren't just the specific social issues of England uh, the way that some of his uh, some of his other novels might feel like. These are these are things that we still wrestle with. Um, Feeling like your boss hates you, <laughs> yeah. uh, jealousy, right? Um, yeah, jealousy, selfishness. Um, you know, whether you're um, you're down on your luck, or um, you know, not feeling close to anybody. I mean, there's so much loneliness in, in the United States right now that um, some magazines, some doctors have called it an epidemic, right? Um, so I think, yeah, there is something there, even just about kind of the themes that he sets into motion with these characters. That um, that that keep they they kind of keep speaking to our heart. Um, it's parts of the the brokenness of the world that we all end up struggling with at some point in our lives. Um, yeah, I think it's true. Mm-hmm. So I like the question about redemption, though. Too, it's such a great, it's a great topic. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, no, no, good. no, no. Please, yeah, no, no. Go into that further. I mean, how do you see that playing out? Um. I think, um, you know, we know, I guess, uh, even to the extent, you know, we talk about being maybe um, 
the ghost of Christmas past. I think sometimes it gets pulled out and all kinds of jokes or cocktail party. It's like, oh, it was a ghost of Christmas past that came. This is this almost like the secular version of being convicted of a sin, right? Um, well, you know, it's not the idea that you'd be haunted by um, the things you didn't do as well as the things that you have done. There's there's a lot in the the ways that um, the, the sort of magic of the ways that Scrooge is confronted with his mistakes. Um, but again, just tapping into that feeling of, yeah, I've made some mistakes, you know, of, of things that I've let go, of people in front of me that I didn't really see, that I didn't really care for, um, as well as the sort of active offenses uh, that we have against one another. I mean, you could argue, actually, that Scrooge is probably the worst offenses are not seeing other people. They're, they're mostly, you know, as, I guess we would say as Christians, sins of omission rather than commission. Yes. Um, I, I know for me, at least personally, I think that's one of the reasons that um, we root for him so much. You know, um, it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's a whole other movie altogether if we're going to redeem like a, a gangster or a, you know, a thief. Or a, you know, but, but to to redeem a person who's just hardened his own heart over and over, that I think we, we ache for that to be real. Yes, right. And, and you know, uh, when you... Uh, when you read the story or you see the story on film or on stage, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, just as, as a, a viewer or someone who's along for the journey, at least for me, I identify, right? We identify in some way, as brutal as Scrooge is, we identify with his loneliness and with his anger mm-hmm. and with his greediness. I mean, all those things, you mm-hmm. know, those ugly sins that we would rather not look at or have people see mm-hmm. or, you know, bring before the Lord. I mean, they're there in all yeah. of us. But then when you see the backstory of Ebenezer Scrooge and, you know, his foray into a failed romance where he could not, yeah. would not separate himself from his money machine. And then later on in life, mm-hmm. you know, he, I'm sure he grieved that. And then, of course, the, mm-hmm. the family who invited him, you know, his... I think it's his cousin or his, oh, his nephew who invites yeah, him to Christmas yeah. dinner. And he, you know, he says no to the, I do not want that community. And he, you know, pushes away a community and his lack of empathy and compassion for the people who come to ask for a contribution for the people who live in the poor house. And as brutal as that is, I think we, we recognize that ourselves in that. So when there is that moment of redemption, you go, Oh my gosh, if it can happen to Ebenezer Scrooge, it can also happen to me. And I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, God. And even though you may not be a Christian and see redemption in that, we all want that strong second chance oh i think i think you said it beautifully i mean it's that um you know there's just something that you know, we're, we're formed by god whether or not we acknowledge it right and so that longing for things to be right again i think as soon as it's in all people's hearts it's just how god built us um that we do want to be known we want to be seen and left we want um we want to be able to be better than our we are on our worst days you know, we want to want to um, be restored. I mean, ultimately, that's that's what our the gospel is that we get to be restored to not only to our best selves, right, but to, to the Lord Himself, right. And so, um, yeah, I think it's I think there's just that promise is 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 in this in this text so deeply. Um, and I think, yeah, again, you hit it on some great ones. Just the themes of. Um, you know, pushing away community, it's so easy to do. I mean, it's so easy to be hardened by rejection. Amen to that. That's Laura Kenna. Laura blogs about pop culture at remotepossibilitiesblog.com. Laura, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, oh, thanks for having me, guys. It was a fun chat. Our pleasure. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, uh, yeah, listen, if you've not done this, read A Christmas Carol. 
for yourself, for your kids. This is a good time, and really, the gospel's all over it. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we really do wish you a Merry Christmas. And to keep your Christmas season merry, I suggest you give the Springhouse a call to take care of all your homemade goodies. We do beautiful Christmas cookie trays featuring family recipe orange drop cookies, lady locks, cherry cheesecake cups, pecan tassies, and lots more. Our fresh fruit trays and smoked salmon trays kick off a celebration beautifully. Our Heath Bar Cheesecake or Filled Chocolate Log finish it off nicely. And for the in-between, how about our own hickory smoked hams or fresh turkeys or capons? Mmm, good old-fashioned eating. Are you hungry yet? Give us a call, 724-228-3339 at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And then give us a call and place your order today. Merry Christmas from all of us to all of you. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at ExtremeTruck.net. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forever Mark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit TrinityJewelers.com. Just this week, I had a dream that I haven't had in a while. I bet I haven't had it in a year, but that I have had multiple times over the years, and that is that I'm on my way to one of my finals in college, and I realize that I haven't been to the class. <laughs> ever. Okay, ever. Or I was there the first day to yeah. get the syllabus and never went back. So you got okay? nothing. Now, listen, I can change this dream so many times in my head. It's a different building. It's a different class. It's a different professor. But the common link between every one of these dreams I've had over the years is the abject 
terror of them. Yeah. I mean, it's like I am back. And I don't even think that finals were that horrible for me in retrospect, but they must have been so traumatizing at the time that all these years later, I am still having this dream. Yeah, finals are hard. And I think for most college students, unless you're you know some sort of high scholar, they do create a lot of terror. Even well, if you are a high scholar, they might even create more terror. Could be. Okay, so this week is finals week at most colleges, but especially because we have kids at Grove City College, we're tracking this very carefully. I was talking to my son the other day who's a junior at Grove City. He said, Dad, this is a very hard time for me. Please pray for me daily. Mm. And of course, I'm praying for him right. daily. Thinking about him because Grove City College... They is a demanding academic atmosphere. That's well said. It, really it is, is demanding, right? This is not for the faint of heart. So if you send your child to Grove City College, you know that that kid's going to get a really excellent education. But around that, my son's going to not be afraid or ashamed to say, hey, pray for me, knowing that he's with a group of guys who are all praying with each other. And when it comes time for the rubber to meet the road, mm-hmm. they're going to do excellent work in those finals as well. The two things together, Christ and academics, they flourish at Grove City College. And how much would it matter to you to know that your kid's professor said, hey, you know what? As the final's coming up and as you're studying, please know that as your teacher, I'm praying for you guys. Very nice. Okay, so for everybody going through finals right now, we're praying for you, but especially for all those Grovers, praying for you heavy duty. Grove City College online at gcc.edu. Please pray. Clouds will increase across the area tonight, the low 32. For tomorrow, mostly cloudy and mild, with some rain developing later on in the day, the high nearing 50. Cloudy tomorrow night with rain, the low 42, and staying considerably cloudy for Friday with occasional rain. Friday's high, 46 degrees. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We uh, follow, Kath and I do, we follow Tim Keller on social media. I mean, not physically. There we go. No. <laughs> we Around. Create, you know, wherever he is, stalk him. We're, we're like on West 72nd Street in Manhattan, <laughs> like 10 paces behind him. Seriously. There he is. He's going Timmy. to lunch, John. Hurry okay. up. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Hey, uh, <laughs> anyway, no. He's on Twitter. We follow him on Twitter, which he, I believe that, you know, like a lot of people who have hundreds of thousands of followers or so do not, you know, themselves engage or create their own social media feed but i believe yeah. tim keller does no pushback there i don't i don't i don't know okay i, I mean he says a lot of great things on twitter he does do. I, so I it could be it, it could be one of his assistants who's just quoting him someone's ghosting him yeah but i doubt it no i, I think don't. you're probably right so uh this past weekend redeemer presbyterian church uh best-selling author tim keller he went to twitter to discuss something powerful that he'd been reading the diary of 18th century theologian George Whitfield, we've talked about George Whitfield yes, over the years. Yes, Thomas Kidd's fine book on yeah. George Whitfield. So, uh, in a thread on Twitter this uh, earlier this week, uh, Tim Keller started to look at the 15 questions that George Whitfield used to evaluate himself every day. Stop it. 15 questions. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to read these questions? I am. Are we going to evaluate ourselves? Yes. Okay, I'm ready. Well, you can evaluate yourself. I'm not ready. 15 questions that George... Every day, George Whitfield said this. Have I, one, been fervent, and then in parentheses, had warmth of feeling in private prayer? That's the first thing. Okay. Have I been fervent in my prayer life? 
Two, have I used stated hours of prayer? My morning prayers, my noon prayers, my evening Mm. prayers. Have I used spontaneous prayer to praise God every hour? Have I, after or before every deliberate conversation or action, considered how it might tend to God's glory? Five, have I, after any pleasure, immediately given thanks to God? Six, have I planned business for the day? Seven, have I been simple, avoided luxury, and and recollected, stayed aware, of God's presence in everything? Eight, have I been zealous in undertaking and active in doing what good I could? Nine, have I been humble, cheerful, affable in everything that I said or did? Ten, have I been proud, vain, unchaste, or enviable of others in my thoughts? Eleven, have I recollected in eating and drinking, thankful, temperate, disciplined in my waking and sleeping? Have I taken time for giving thanks according to law's rules? Law's rules, William Law. Okay. Have I been diligent in my studies? 14. Have I thought or spoken unkindly of anyone? And finally, 15. Have I confessed all my sins and wrongdoings? So this is George Whitfield every day as he examined. He only had twenty four hours. Is that what you're telling me? Twenty four hours but in he, a day. Okay. He examined his conscience thoroughly throughout the day. He was deeply intentional. Wow, that's fabulous. That's a man of God. Wow, that is also a disciplined outlook on a day. Yeah, I mean, I. I think I would. I think I do a lot of those things. Unconsciously. Unconsciously um, or just spontaneously. But there's something about the intentionality that is powerful. That is missing in my life. Yeah. Have I? The list. I mean, that's certainly, (laughs) that's a man of God. If you are following along with this every day and you are praising God and examining yourself and thinking about this, the intentionality, that's deep spiritual discipline, I believe, which few among us mm-hmm. have the wherewithal and the power, the discipline to do. And to think that George Whitfield did this every day over a lifetime, that's an incredible man of God. Yeah. Now, Tim Keller raising this as well, right? He's raising the flag here and saying, wait, I, and everybody, you know, not everybody, most people love Tim Keller and his many fine works, his preaching and his teaching. We have friends who have been um, listening to Tim Keller's sermons for years. Mm-hmm. They just download them and Tim listen Keller's to Tim Keller's an absolutely wonderful preacher. He sure is. Wonderful. Yeah. Is he on iTunes? Uh, I don't know must the be. answer to that. I bet you they are. But I'll tell you, I, his latest book on Jonah is my favorite of all his books that I've read. Oh, really? Yeah. I really, really love it. We talked to him about that yeah. earlier this year, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, it's wonderful. Listen to me. Well, you weren't here, actually. You were on vacation. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I set it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were chasing him around again, yeah, it's following him. Talking to his people. <laughs> anyway, uh, George Whitfield and uh, his spirit, I would say, deep spiritual disciplines yeah, I would that too. Tim Keller has echoed. Coming up next, nine common myths Christians believe at Christmas. We're, we did 15, now we're doing nine. What is everything what numbered today? I don't know. Yeah. Then coming up later in the hour, flannel-lined pants. Suddenly they're stylish. Large, extra large, use elastic. <laughs> 101.5 WORD. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll presents a warm and encouraging message on God's gift to mankind. Every Christmas, God announces to every one of us, I love you. I love you so much that I gave you my son. Spend a few minutes reflecting on the profound meaning of Christmas right here on Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. She just made me feel so comfortable and I've been going to her ever since. After avoiding the dentist for years, an emergency led Pamela to Dr. Megan Stock. She made me feel very much at ease. She didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth and she was just very easy to talk to. She not only found a dentist, she found a friend. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com A disaster-ravaged town is rebuilt, one brick at a time. A youth's self-esteem is rebuilt, one triumph at a time. That was great, Jimmy. A substance abuser is restored to sobriety, one day at a time. And this holiday season, you can make it all happen because the Salvation Army's Red Kettle works one donation at a time. So give to the Salvation Army. Change comes from within. So, uh, Jesus was born on December 25th. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's right. It's exactly the day he, exa- was, exactly. he was born. We know that because of... Well, we just know it. Well, we just know. We're certain about that. Well, that's actually a myth. Uh, Shane Pruitt is with us. Shane's a, a husband, a father. He's director of missions for the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, a writer, a communicator. He wrote a piece, Nine Common Myths That Christians Believe at Christmas. Uh, Shane, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, well, John and Kathy, how are y'all? Real it's good. an honor to be on. Yeah, good, but you. I'm really mad that you're saying Jesus was not born on December 25th for sure. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no. That's not true? All, our faith completely crumbles apart now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There were, I'm sure the resurrection didn't happen either, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to nail it down to a, a specific date. If not, it never happened. Okay, so wait, now, but people believe that, right? Yeah. So how, Dece- did, so how did we decide on December twenty fifth? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I mean, that's an age old question. Did it happen December twenty fifth? How did that come about? You know, some scholars, historians say it's in response to a, a Roman pagan holiday. Others say it's tied because of the the calendar at that time and when the traditional date of the resurrection is. Um, so honestly, we really don't know when he was born. I think what's crucial to our faith is the fact that he was born. Yeah. And we know that without a doubt, that he truly was Emmanuel, God with us. Right. So it doesn't really matter. December 25th or wherever, but Jesus came into the world. I mean, we're just, we're, we, we picked a day and we're going to stick by it. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's Good. right. That's right. And what's great about, you know, being a Christian, being bought by the blood of Jesus, having the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, that at the end of the day, Christmas is not just a day on the calendar. It can really be a lifestyle, that he came, he died, he rose from the grave, uh, his Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and he's coming again for his church. That's what we celebrate as a lifestyle. Very good. Okay, so myth number two, Shane, that the Bible says that Mary rode into Bethlehem on a donkey. Tell us that. (laughs) Yeah, so that's often the common thing we believe, and it may have been a donkey. We don't really know. The point is, is that the Bible doesn't specifically say that. We just know the Bible says they made the trip. It was a 65-mile trip. I'm just impressed that she made the journey Heck pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, in the article, I put a joke, you know, most of us men, we can't get out of bed if we have a common cold. <laughs> so the fact she made the trip pregnant, uh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for her. I mean, so for Christmas pageants the, the world over, what's going to happen? I mean, the first time I appeared on stage, I appeared as the donkey in the Christmas pageant. And, uh, and Mary, it's fitting, really. Mary was on my back. Yeah, actually, it was a, a cow costume that was left over from Halloween. I mean, whatever you I mean, make do with what you have. I mean, if the Bible didn't say donkey, it could have been cow. Well, it could have been fine. Crying yeah, out loud. That's right. Could have been a cow. Okay, yeah. so there were three gifts, but not necessarily three wise men. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, once again, we just kind of make that assumption because the Bible mentions three gifts: gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So it could have been two wise men. You know, one of them was overzealous and bought two gifts, or it could have been four wise men and and one of them forgot to bring a gift, or it could have been ten and they all chipped in to get three. You know, we don't really know how many there were. We just know the gifts. We just kind of assume three because three gifts are mentioned. I see. Well, three's a good number, so yeah, so why would we refute that? Okay, so, you know, we talked to a guy a, a while ago, a few years ago, about the, the star, the star of Bethlehem. Uh, and he, this was a yeah. fascinating conversation where, you know, he was a sort of an amateur astronomer and really laid this whole story out for us about, about the star. I think he, did he produce a DVD? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was excellent. So, but the, but the Bible says, this is one of the myths, the Bible says that a star, that star, hovered over the manger where Jesus was born. But, uh, Shane, you're saying that's a myth as well? Yeah, yeah, specifically, literally, in the Bible, Matthew 2, uh, it talks, obviously, about the star leading the Magi, um, and then we know that ultimately they ended up with King Herod first, um, inquired about the baby Jesus there, you know, and then uh, then they were led to uh, Bethlehem from that point. And so, you know, I think that's another common myth, is we assume that the wise men were there the night Jesus was born, but we obviously see there's some time there, and even King Herod, you know, commands all babies under the age of two to be killed. So obviously there's some time from the actual night of the birth to when the Magi show up and the star leading them there. I see. All right. 
All right, so Jesus born in a barn or a stable. That's a myth? Yeah, once yeah, yeah, I think once again that comes from the mention of the manger, which we know is basically a feeding trough for animals. And so we assume it must have been a barn or, you know, now we're told even possibly the side of a cave, uh-huh. and it could have been. But once again, it doesn't say that. It says a manger. And we also know from uh, history that sometimes on a very cold night, families would sleep upstairs and bring young animals into the lower level of their house, and there would be a manger there. So it could have actually been in a lower level uh, even of a house. Uh, could have been a barn, could have been a stable, could have been a side of a mountain, but also could have been a house. Once again, the Bible doesn't specifically say. But wherever it was, there wasn't room at the end, so they had to make do. <laughs> Amen That's that. right. Yeah. Okay, so this to me, uh, uh, Shane, uh, Shane Pruitt's with us. He's written a piece, a piece called Nine Common Myths Christians Believe at Christmas, the worst Christmas song ever. Uh, the Bible says there was a little <laughs> drummer boy. Now, what is the deal? Yeah. I'm glad that's a myth. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that one I put in there is kind of a humor piece. I don't know that actually anyone believes there was a little drummer there the night Jesus was born. David Bowie and Bing Crosby may have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The song itself uh, is a fun song, sure, has a great melody beat to it. Uh, But just the absurdity of that. You know, uh, my wife and I, we have five kids. And you are a lot more strict with your first child than you are your fifth, yeah. especially coming home. And uh, but yeah, none of them, even child five, we would not want a little drummer boy, you know, beating pum 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 tonight that our, that we bring our baby home. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's not a gift. You're, you're not helping us out, man. You really are not. <laughs> not at all. No, yeah, no. not at all. Okay, so so biblically, there is no drummer boy in the Bible, which is good. But uh, <laughs> no, some people think no. that. Okay, the Bible says Jesus was born in zero A.D. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, the common uh, assumption is that, you know, our calendar started the night Jesus was born. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that was the original intent. Uh, it makes sense. It's what I've, I've always believed. But when you, once again, look at uh, history— most historians believe uh, Herod died around 4 B.C. Obviously, we know Herod is alive when Jesus is born. And once again, uh, as a reminder of him ordering uh, all boys under the age of two uh, to be murdered. So it could have been somewhere between 4 B.C. and 6 B.C., according to when we know Herod died. Oh, okay. All right. All right, yeah. so what about Merry Xmas? That's for people who don't believe in Jesus and just want to be That's like your Starbucks humbug. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, you know. Once again, there, you know, especially probably over the last decade or so, there seems to have been a big focus on the the war on Christmas. Right, and right. is there a war on Christmas? Possibly. There's definitely. We know without a doubt some antagonists out there. We know there's some organized groups that don't even want nativity scenes in towns. We know that without a doubt. Sure. Uh, but when we see the phrase "Merry Xmas," if we take it literally. Uh, you know, the, the first Greek uh, word of Christ or letter is, is chi, which is the symbol that looks very similar to our X. So when you say Merry Xmas, in a sense, you're saying Merry Christmas. You're putting that there. And so I made a joke, you know, uh, therefore, Xians don't have to be flustered by seeing Merry Xmas. <laughs> oh, good. So take the heat off, right? right. Sure. And Plus, then, it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's a yeah, nice right. little That's shorthand if so you're in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, There's, so. Yeah, exactly. 
there's plenty of things for us to get upset about. I just don't know that that's one of them. Yeah. So I'm glad. So I was in line the other day at a store, and I was behind a person. You know, they were in front of me. They were checking out. And the, the cashier, in her kindness and her holiday cheer, she said to the guy in front of me as he was leaving, gave him his change, and she said, Happy Holidays. And the guy, he kind of he kind of lost it. He stopped and he said, No, Merry Christmas. And there was an awkwardness. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he stomped off. Sure. And I felt bad for the sure. cashier. I mean, because, you know, holy smokes, it's bad to say. The myth is, do not say happy holidays. Sure. Hey, and I know we don't live in the same town, but I must have came across the exact same cashier <laughs> and a guy. Because I literally, no joke, literally saw the exact what? same thing happen uh, this, this last weekend. That's yeah, good. Where, like, he, yeah, a guy was so offended that she said happy holidays. Uh, once again, the word holiday literally means holy day. Yeah. So to say happy holy day, um, that's not disrespectful. That's actually honorable and respectful. And then once again, to realize, uh, you know, we don't have to fight over December 25th and, and what we refer to that as because of the work of Jesus Christ, who we know without a doubt came, lived, died, rose again, is every day can be a holy day for the Christian with mm-hmm. God being with us, Emmanuel, God with us, God inside of us, and God coming again one day. Good Very attitude, good. good outlook. Excellent, Shane. Very I love good. That. Thanks, you Shane. Got, you got a good sense of humor about it, but you're also telling the truth and also getting rid of those nasty little myths. Thanks, being with us, Shane Pruitt. Nine common myths Christians believe at Christmas. Shane Pruitt. Newborn king to see, A disaster ravaged town is rebuilt one brick at a time. A youth's self esteem is rebuilt one triumph at a time. That was great, Jimmy. A substance abuser is restored to sobriety one day at a time. And this holiday season, you can make it all happen because the Salvation Army's Red Kettle works one donation at a time. So give to the Salvation Army. Change comes from within. Give your praise team a rich professional sound. Hear every word of the pastor's sermon in crystal clear audio. Communicate through sharp, vibrant HD video. Kinetics AV has designed some of the largest sound systems in the country. They also design audio-visual solutions for the most basic needs of the smallest rural church. From full system installation to repairs, consulting, and on-site training, this is how Kinetics is moving sound forward at KineticsAV.com. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. Hey, welcome. John Hall's Fashion Rules. Uh, We're just bringing this up because we're talking about flannel. Who doesn't love flannel? Today's Wall Street Journal. An article on flannel-lined pants. What? They're stylish again. That's what it says. Now, flannel-lined pants... Mike, have you ever worn flannel-lined pants? Oh, yeah. You're a hunter, right? Yes. So you wear them outside when you're hunting. Mm-hmm. They're really comfy. Okay. I bet they are. Where did you buy yours? Uh, Field and Stream. Okay. Got it. Okay. John, you? Um, I don't know what they're called. You know, the snow pants? You know, snow pants. Like, you know, whenever you're going sl- <laughs> yeah. skiing or sled yeah, riding. Yeah. I've got a pair of those that are flannel-lined. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I've never seen those flannel-lined. All right. I've never had a pair of flannel-lined pants because, now this is a, a strictly girly um, 
Your girl. Self-centered perspective. Yeah. Is they make you look bigger than you are. So no. Kathy Emmons fashion rules. <laughs> no girl. No girl wants to wear flannel lined pants. Because it's an extra layer. Right. Hmm. So you, you don't want to look bigger than you are. So of course you're not going to do flannel lined pants. But what if you were just like a snow bunny and wanted to sit around and you know watch everybody ski and no you're not going to do that's that. fine. But you're still not going to wear this. You're going to wear leggings. Yeah. Okay. And leggings. a blanket. Leggings. And leggings. A blanket. Leggings. Leggings. Anyway, this article is talking about lined pants being, you know, the it was they were birthed by LL Bean and then they were taken over by you said Field and Stream Mike, but that he they said Carhartt oh. and yeah. Orvis, you know, those type of you know fishing outdoorsy catalogs oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. where you've always been able to buy fly, flannel lined pants. However, now apparently more urbane brands like Unique Glow have gotten into the insulation game and now they're turning out more sophisticated, slimmer fits. With cozy liner. As they should. <laughs> Slim fit flannel uh-huh. pants. Way cleaner than you would normally associate with camping in the woods is what they say. Really? Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you think? My question for you is, Mike, John, would you buy a pair of uh, way cleaner, sophisticated, slimmer <laughs> flannel lined <laughs> pants? It don't really matter to me. I ask you. Uh, I don't really care. I mean. It, Are it, you cold? Are your legs cold in the winter? No. Uh, no. You've no. never had cold legs. And unless I'm outside with shorts. Like you see those coconuts walking around. You know, it's 12 degrees. That's and dumb. So, some heroes out there walking around like with shorts and flip-flops. Right. Mike. What's wrong with that? Come shorts on. Oh, jeez, Louise. Do yeah, not wear shorts and flip-flops. Huh? I would totally wear a pair of those. Would you? I would. Okay. Um, now, the sad thing is that they are um, they are $50. That's not bad. Okay. Wait, no, wait. Are these... You can also buy them at Brooks Brothers for 128. Oh, of course you can. So wait, these are like wearing around the house, not wearing in public. No, they're saying that they are they're doable for public. In fact, you're turning up the cuff so that you can see the flannel. Oh, that's kind of I like that. W- w- wouldn't you get a little sweaty? Well, that's the so one of the guys who was asked about this said that he was outside. It was a 40 degree day in New York City, mm-hmm. and he said if I was spending an entire day in Central Park in a snowball fight, these would probably be appropriate. But as of right now, I'm a little warm. Oh, yeah. See, see, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're hanging around, you have to turn the heat. I guess you could save on your heating bills. You could by wearing flannel lined right, pants. Right, exactly. Um, other than flannel pants, do you own like a flannel shirt or- I have flannel sheets. Oh, I have flannel sheets. Do you have flannel sheets, Mike? Oh, yes. Do you like they flannel sheets? They are the sheets? best. They I are the best. so much. I use flannel sheets. We use flannel sheets all year round. Mm-hmm. I think the worst is- Crawling into a very cold bed oh, with regular sheets you got that during right. the wintertime. Yeah. I don't like flannel sheets. Why? Why? You sweat too much. i got to be honest. They, I'm too hot. Yeah. What? I'm too hot. It's just too much, people. No, no. But th- listen, I, I, I use them in the summertime. Good for you. They're, what? Not, they're not hot in the summertime. Yeah. That's a little too much. No. It's not too much. I, 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 need a, I need a cooling element. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, how about just less sheets or less less? No, no, no. Because here's blankets. the thing. I, need, I like a comforting weight. I get that. Yeah. 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 You want that. Have you ever tried one of those weighted blankets? Oh, yes. No. We have one. Have of you? What's that like? <coughs> Excuse me. It's heaven, is what it is. Is it really? Oh, my goodness. You are so snugged in, and you know you're not going anywhere, and it feels perfect. Have you seen these, Mike? Absolutely. They're not. actually oh, weighted. Like, like if you would get, they're weighted by poundage. Yes. So, like, you would buy, depending on your size, you might buy a 30 pound blanket. Right. What? A 30 pound yeah. blanket. Oh, they're big. They're big and thick and heavy. You feel so good. Like you're not, 
you know, you're like tucked in for the night. So in humans and animals, there's a lot of research that shows that that kind of like the swaddling effect on an infant. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Tuck that baby Is in. that when you're wrapped up, it causes positive feelings. Like that. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. that makes me feel claustrophobic. Oh, I can't. Really? Oh. So now we're going to have to take Mike's weighted blanket back that we got him for the oh, Christmas holidays. heck, Mike. Yeah, take Stick your foot out one end and you'll be okay. <laughs> you'll feel less confined. Do you always have to sleep with your feet out? Never. I sleep with my feet out 100% of the time. What? 100% Both of the time. Both feet. Oh, no. That's They have horrible. to be out. They got to be out. Really? People. I don't like that. No that, confining. I don't like that either. The thought of that's like too. Mike, are your feet out? No. No, no way. I, it's tucked in. Your feet are always tucked in. I really? can't do that. I can't sleep if my feet are no, out. No, me either. Do you wear socks? No. No. Absolutely not. No, here's, here's a great thing. Aren't now, your I'm feet gonna, cold? I'm going to out. No. Here, I'm going to out my husband on this because okay. this tells you how far, how far we've fallen. <laughs> Okay, so he's taken, he's got a new sleeping strategy for winter. Yeah. Okay, he's sleep, now he, my husband is very tall, so he's almost six foot three, okay? But he's sleeping with a very thick but short blanket. So I said to him the other day, hon, it's kind of cold now, like, aren't, aren't you cold? And he said, well, haven't you noticed what I'm doing? And I, I had to be honest, I hadn't noticed what he was doing. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm sleeping in my slippers. What? So he's, he's that wearing way. slippers? Picture this. So he's got a heavy but short blanket that comes down to like his knees. What? And then he sleeps in slippers. <laughs> but when you move back and forth, don't they come off? I don't even understand how it's happening. I don't either. Slippers. I said, how long have you been doing this? And how, like, why have I not noticed? Yeah, how have you not noticed that? I can't. Well, that's because my feet are out. What the heck? Because they're out. They're not in there. And apparently spouses wearing slippers. Isn't that funny? People, their sleeping styles are unique to themselves. You're right. Are they not? Mm-hmm. I love it so much. You know much. what my husband calls it? Hmm. Winter sleeping rules. Winter sleeping rules. Yes. Tucked into your bed. Very, very nice. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about Christmas memories, Christmas songs. We're going to open up the phone lines if you want to ask us questions or share some of your own things. Yeah. We're happy to hear from you. Listen, podcast is up and running. Johnandcathyshow.com. And on iTunes. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.